How do you feel? We're going to go over, I think we're going to stand sort of here, maybe on the just, sort of just yellow. Just here on the yellow line. Just there, just yeah. there. Yeah, good. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we enjoyed it, actually. Cool. It was excellent. Really enjoyable to watch. I love the routine. Good. Um, I still haven't tasted that signature drink, actually. There might be some left. Let's do a little bit in a minute. We're going to chat about your routine, then when the judges say goodbye, we're going to brew some coffee and take you over to the couch. Fantastic. Um, so, I mean, the signature drink is quite uh, sort of an extravaganza. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, tell me about the jam. Well, I first started jam production uh, about <laughs> a month ago. Yeah. It's going strong. Essentially, it's just, I didn't say this, but three fresh passion fruit, 10 grams of caster sugar, and half a gram of pectin. Uh, you can take that on if you want. Uh, a bit late, but that's, yeah, basically three fresh passion fruit, 10 grams of caster sugar, half a gram of pectin. Uh, and it's stirred and heated to make a really good concentrate. Um, how did you come across this? Is this something that um, you no, just, saw in a cocktail just, bar? Or just you... made it up. The, but the device, you, I mean, you didn't Yeah, no, someone who used to come to Origin had a magnet, magnetic stirrer. And okay. he just gave it to me. So I and so used you used it. it? Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so this, this coffee, so you, you, know, you were after this tropical, yeah. like super wild, yeah, intense yeah. coffee. It's, uh, it is a bit of a nightmare to roast. It's taken quite a while to get it perfect. Okay. Um, but we got there, and it's just tasted really, really just like passion fruit. It's yeah. good. Which is, yeah, and that's really what you want, isn't it? A coffee with yeah. these really sort of uh, precise flavor notes that yeah, you can tie much. throughout the... The tactile took a while to, to nail, but those, those fruit notes were just there from the start. And uh, incredibly impressive latte art skills. Thanks, Ben. I don't know how. The dice. A bit of risk. The, the dice, um, every routine you've done this year, have the yeah. dice landed completely differently on every routine? Yeah, yeah. I've always had a 12-tier tulip. Usually from that guy. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah. Mark's got a uh, slightly naughty dice. Um, deliberate. Pardon? It's deliberate, definitely. That guy. Yeah. yeah. So if you just say goodbye Mark. to all of the judges. Tastes good? Tastes really good. Wonderful. Um, well, I've only, I'll do, do odd cups, because they used one for my milk waste. Yeah, they don't mind. You don't mind, do you guys? You're right. I'll just put it in the milk waste. Huh? Sweet. Macchiato. You can do the dice. Why don't you do the dice? I've got milk. Why don't you roll the dice? Yeah. Well, what's, do what's one. That? I can't <laughs> do Rosetta. You know that. Can we get the camera on the dice? Can we do that? In focus. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what are you doing? How many times now, Will, have you competed in the British Championship? It's my third year. Third year. And you've yeah. done latte art as well, right? Yeah. Coffee and Good Spirits? Did you do that Not too? Not yet, no. Oh, I think you should probably do that as well. Probably should. Seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> Sorry. There's a theme, isn't there? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's got to be a dirty jug. So obviously uh, not with the, with the Origin team anymore. No. It's, well, for, it's, it's for life, is it? I'm I mean, still, you never really leave. No, you can't. But Sons Pear, tell me a bit about Sons Pear. Um, basically, it's like a really, really good specialty coffee and patisserie place. Okay. So usually if you get good patisserie, the coffee is pretty average, right? So we've got like top chefs doing great patisserie. Yeah. And 
I'm, I'm trying to be top. <laughs> Getting there. Uh, doing the coffee. Frozen pineapples. Frozen pineapples. What have we got here? What was it? It was, it was a heart, it, heart, heart, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was the three-part heart, yeah. All right. Wings. Looks good. All right, who wants the milky? I think you rolled it. Colin rolled it. it, yeah. Oh, let all the hair roll out. There oh, you go. It's good to relax. What an opening. How did you feel about that? Went well? Yeah, yeah. Um, coffee all came out all right. It's really difficult tearing scales on the uh, wobbly table, but I should have figured that out yesterday. But no, it all came out looking nice. It looked great from here. I mean, yeah. um, I love the pineapple part of it, although I, I have a really bad memory of um, a pineapple in Copenhagen. Great. What happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, no, it was another origin. Yeah. It was Dan. Oh, what did he do? He had a metal pineapple and he beat me in a coffee cocktail competition. Oh, yeah, he does that. So as soon as I saw that come out, I was like, it just brought back bad memories. Yeah, I'm sorry about um, that. I'm going to get straight to the bit I want to talk about, is like the coffee, because Yellow Pacamara I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, I think it's a super interesting varietal yeah. that we're, we're starting to see more and more of now. Do you feel it's a gamble? Yeah, it was a massive a gamble. Um, it was difficult. Choosing this coffee above other coffees was not easy. There are a lot of more easy to brew coffees and easy to roast coffees that are delicious. Um, this one took, I mean, Josh, who roasted it, it took him a very long time to master it. I That's because he's not very good, though. Yeah, he's not very good. <laughs> nah, he's good. He's, he's, he nailed this roast. Because it's really easy. Pacamara's yeah, a dog. Yeah, all right. Honestly, he's just, he's, he's just bluffing you. He's just trying to get you, to, you know, give him more praise and thanks. It's what Super it's... easy. <laughs> anyway, he got it right this time, so that's amazing. Uh, but no, it's good. It was a good choice. Really happy with it. And, and which farm is it from? Uh, it's called Finca La Huela, which is part of Owen Merrish's um, syndicate. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Just basically Matagalpa, but he just he tries out a lot of new stuff because, well, Origins used his coffee for like eight years or something, especially Los Altos, the farm they work with. So, kind of like give it more money and then he can do some more interesting stuff. And this one he's done really interesting and really tasty. That's what I tell and about. it's great when you find a producer like that that's prepared to experiment and push the boundaries exactly. of what what, what normal. Yeah. The preeminent Pacamara producer of the world, would you say? I would say, yeah. I'd say the Maresh family are pretty much yeah, they yeah, do a lot really pushing that whole Pacamara thing. Mm. The Pacamine Mara. I'm really sorry. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's not bad. He, no, it really is. Don't Again, encourage it. I didn't him. have it much to work with. I just, I, I got so much good, material, you know. So, um, third time competing. Yeah. Is it getting easier? Do you get more into it? Do you, do you kind of, or do you just keep like making it more difficult for yourself? Because that looked pretty complicated well, from I, other performances I've seen you do in past years. I mean, coffee, making coffee is fun, isn't it? Like, I'm just like having a laugh and then making some jam. And it was just, <laughs> really enjoyed it. Actually making the routine was quite cool because like, I've got a really cool coffee to work with. So it's like, what complimentary oat things can I use? Like, obviously a frozen pineapple. I really want a t-shirt that says, having fun making some jam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I'll make for you. Yeah. The pineapple wasn't doing anything other than being a pineapple. Say again? The pineapple wasn't doing anything other than being a pineapple. Like oh, it, not... it chilled the drink as well. Okay. So, as well as being fun, it did chill the drink down, so... But it's not in the drink itself? No, no, but there were notes of pineapple 
okay. in the coffee. And it brings the spirit of pineapple to things as well. Yeah, it just, I mean, the shirt, the frozen pineapple, makes them think, this is definitely going to be pineapple. Yeah. And it we, is, anyway, so. Were you tempted at all to use pineapple in the signature beverage? Um, it was more passion fruit than pineapple. Um, so, just had to switch ranks. It's one or the other. Passion fruit's a bit nicer than pineapple as well. Yeah. I need to, like, a lot of the audience won't get a chance to taste the espresso, but I think the, the pineapple link is definitely there in, in, within yeah. the drink as well, the espresso in particular. Yeah. Uh, I think that really came through. So it's, um, good. I guess, a good, good play on it. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to go through your, your career kind of thing, because you haven't been, a, you, start, you, you kind of competed before you were at Origin, didn't you? No, during um, Origin. During yeah, Origin. Yeah, it was when I worked down in Cornwall for Origin. Yeah. So... I used to manage our little shop in Port Seven. I'm from Cornwall. Yeah. I actually grew up with Dan. Uh, so I worked with Dan years ago at the Hub, and we kind of, kind of managed to get a job through him. And then uh, I'm here now. So. Do you think the competition has helped you develop? Uh, you know, yeah. with it, with because with it, we spend a little while earlier talking with the panel about career development and how yeah. you know you can start as a barista and then what do you do next? I mean, this competition helped you kind of along that path. Yeah, it's more that you. If, I mean, if you do competition properly and you do like graft and you do learn a lot, like I spent a night like hacking open the Pacamara, trying to figure out why it was burning on the inside, and then be like, Josh, uh, <laughs> fix it. And he did, he fixed it. But like things like that, you learn like about roast, kind of. It's my phone. Uh, about how like, like inner bean development and stuff that I could have picked up a book and read it, but I just learned from cracking open beans. And has it been a help or a hindrance having the current UKBC champion as somebody who's working with you and helping you with competition? Is that, definitely a help. It's a yeah. lot of pressure as well, though, that you kind of, you know, I guess within, as a company, you're, you're expected yeah. to go and win this thing. Yeah, well, I don't work for Origin anymore. I just, um, but I am using Origin coffee because it's still delicious. It's a good choice. Um, but yeah, definitely training with Dan and Paul was a, was a massive help. Like, they kind of stop you from doing stupid things that you kind of forget about. You, you guys yeah. all seem to share a pretty common um, perspective on the industry too, it, it appears. I mean, it was a very virtuous performance, Will, it was great. I mean, the way you assimilated so many triggers into the idea that coffee should be fun. Yeah, I feel like to have a theme, you kind of should have a bit of a point. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to break the coffee industry and I'd be like, change, but like, I think, I think we could be a bit more fun. Well, either there was a lot going on there, man, from the music to the, you know, the display of um, skill set from the latte art to everything else. And um, do you see yourself, I mean, obviously you've stepped away from purely coffee focus into a more of a hospitality environment now. Um, I feel like a lot of people forget that coffee is hospitality. Yeah. Um, and you have to make it accessible for people. Like, you don't want people to put milk in your geisha, but if they want to, they can do it. Yeah, when I mean, you made a really good point about adopting other industries in, in, in order to kind of communicate a, a, a broader message, like the bar industry, stuff like that. And yeah. I, I wonder how you see other competitions playing into that, like Coffee and Good Spirits, for instance, and yeah. perhaps they deserve a bit more, you know, credence in, in the scheme of things. I, I don't know what you just said. Right. <laughs> I just, I think, obviously, this competition has is, is, is done a lot to legitimise baristas as a career. Yeah, and, no, totally. And now we're looking more towards how do we assimilate other industries' as value systems into ours to kind of, to, um, you know, to, to capture bigger markets and stuff like that. And maybe there's room for other competitions to be just as effective. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, when you were making this this run, did you really spend some time brainstorming about how are we going to make this fun? Were there any ideas that you had to nix because it wouldn't work that um, you thought would have made it extra fun, but it it wasn't practical? I think kind of like having, I mean, doing barista competitions, you know, it's fun, but it's also really stressful. So it's like I built my routine about fun, and I get up on stage, and I'm just like. Jump some coffee, or oh, it tastes like this, and then I just want to go. But you kind of have to make the whole thing kind of fun and hospitality and relax the judges. So developing this is kind of all about that, about making sure they're they're comfortable, enjoying themselves, and kind of engaged with you, which is kind of what you should be doing with with customers every day anyway. So yeah, I yeah. think a good example indeed is this the dice. But what were the like? What would you say are the most important things that? When you say I want to make the judges relaxed, how do you make them relaxed? Um, I think just spike their drinks. Yeah, <laughs> that's not water. <laughs> uh, um, just kind of talk slowly, make it easy to score. I think, uh, and look at them in the eye and give them water. Just all the stuff that you should do, but just be like, it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. I think if you're enjoying it up there, then yeah. the, it's, the judges just instantly relax anyway because they can see that you're having fun. And I, and I yeah. think, like, uh, you, you know, all of this work and all the preparation that goes into it is for this moment right here. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to, that you take the moment and enjoy it for, for what it is. Yeah, exactly. In regards to what happened in the, you know, before that, how many run-throughs have you done? I mean, how much time have you spent? You said you spent like an evening carving out a pineapple and all of those well, yeah. things. Yeah, so I had like, open beans and I had a practice pineapple. That's a fresh pineapple. It's a uh, yeah. They, they I mean, she should have got Dan's golden one. It's great. Yeah, he I, he sent me a picture of that. He was like, use this. I was like, nah, it's not fun enough. It's too serious. Uh, but yeah, you do spend a lot of time coming up for any kind of like coffee competition. Um, this one, I just kind of, because I, so I don't usually work on the machine, but I can get the chance to like step in, help out a little bit, because I work for a new company, so I'm like head of beverages, so I can be like, just jump in and help out. So I kind of just do it now quite often, just to be like, try and do latte art, try and make espressos, something like that. Um, so you try and practice as much as you can during your job, yeah. as well as actually practicing. So. Just tell us a little bit about the new role, because obviously I, I, didn't, I didn't know that you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd moved on somewhere new, so yeah. tell us a little bit how that came around, because again, it just links back to this whole thing we were talking about earlier with like, that progression and you know, kind of like you know, moving on to, to new things. Yeah, so it's basically like a, a new company I'm working for, which is going to be like really good coffee and really good uh, desserts, like high-end. Um, we've opened up our first site in Shoreditch, we've got another site opening, Broy Market, really soon. So like, we're opening up quite a few sites, which is it's a good time to do competition because I'm, I'm really busy. And, and do you think that, that, you're like, that your profile has obviously, over the past few years, because of competition being raised, do you think that's what's helped you? Um, uh, probably. Get um, people, I mean, I don't have LinkedIn, but if I did, it would probably look good on my LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, she totally get gets. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> One day. If I, if I win this, I'll get LinkedIn. That's it. I can put something on it. <laughs> I'm going to hijack it and fill it in for you. Sounds good. So, um, how, many, how many times when you were developing this routine, did, was, this, was this the routine that you just perfected it, or has it evolved over time where um, it's kind of changed, and um, particularly the SIG drink I'm thinking? So the SIG drink started off with just like coconut milk out of a can, 
and pineapple jam that I got the pastry chefs to make. Um, and then I was like, that was a bit lazy. I'd probably smash that out a bit better. So I managed to get milk from, or coconut milk, from this guy who just like makes different kinds of dairy-free milk in London. And he just kind of, he delivers them around East London in little glass bottles. It's like really cute. Uh, and he just does the best milk. So that coconut milk is just delicious by itself. Um, and then the passion fruit jam I kind of developed with the pastry chefs that I work with. So I had a chance to actually figure out how to do that and kind of make jam concentrate, which, uh, do you want to taste that? It's like- Love to taste I'll it, go yes, definitely. Be right back. Is there any of the sig drinks left as well? Because I'd really like to try- um, A little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Yeah, take slops. a little bit. You're used to it, aren't you? I am. What's he, what's he doing? I can't hear. It's the jam. Do you want to just do the routine all, all over again? Yeah, Would that, that be cool? So this is, there's, one, there's one seed in it, but drink out of the jug, that's fine. And this is the, don't drink that before this though, if you want to taste it. It is not much left. Which is a good sign, right? Let me try the, uh, the other one. We've, uh, we've seen you're the third Hawaiian shirt of the, uh, of the event so far. Um, Sorry? Ooh. This is the third Hawaiian shirt of the event so far. Yeah, I, well, look. Yeah, Isn't he supposed to be impartial? You know, that's, there, yeah. was a, there was a job lock going, was there? In this? Yeah, pretty much. Brick Lane's cheap, it's like four quid. <laughs> Fine. But yeah, it's, well, it's got pineapples on it. You've got to try and bring the fun vibes. Definitely. I'm not going to wear a waistcoat. So just before... Do you know what? I, I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I really struggle with sick drinks sometimes because mm. for me... I love coffee because it's coffee. Not, you know, when you add things to it, it can sometimes take away from it. Yeah. But actually, that sits quite nicely alongside. Yeah. It's not like they, they actually complement each other, which is it's a really difficult thing to find yeah. where you can actually have that synergy between the the two. I mean, it's a aspects. crazy coffee uh, in a good way. I think it's a crazy kind of sick drink in a good way as well. It kind of has all those all those notes you'd want from a good espresso, but also from a good cocktail in a way. Well, you get to serve it at the bar, yeah. Sorry? Will you get to serve it at San, at San Pere? Maybe. I'd probably make it easy. Just batch it up. Yeah. Take out a tap. <laughs> Big cask of it. You really yeah. had the crowd going there at some points too, Will. Was Sorry? That, was that part of your plan? What's that? To get the crowd going with you? Oh, yeah, totally. Has Usually it happened, did it happen in the heats? Uh, they were clapping. No, did, did it happen in the heats? The crowd getting into it and clapping and all that? I, I literally can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> I, I was commenting on the fact that you really had the crowd involved. Yeah, that performance had that happened in the yeah heads. yeah sorry it's the speakers like, yeah. um, it is really echoing here yeah. to be fair it's really difficult to so hear like, sometimes I figure that you know coffee competitions aren't a spectator sport yeah um, and like people are here watching a lot of competitions and you know give them a show as well I think it was great I just wonder does that kind of thing factor into the score I mean I, I would yeah, hope yeah. so how many cheers did you get yeah it's another six <laughs> I, I am very angry though that I am going to have pina colada in my head all day now. It's just yeah. going to be rattling yeah, around. Fantastic, get stuck fantastic um, soundtrack. But I, I loved the playlist. And I think, like, not Good. enough. Everybody forgets sometimes that the music's going on because they're so intense watching. Yeah. But you can tell that the, the playlist was put together with a. Um, Some of the technical tongue in cheek. as well. Touch. Yeah, 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 no, it's really good. Yeah, I remember the Beatles kicked in at just the right point as well. You can yeah. see you're you're layering your presentation. I I, I try to keep to the to the cues. Yeah, um, do you find yourself like delaying yourself because you know there's a kick coming and you're like sometimes. Oh, two, three, well, in the heat, I managed to get it. So like today, I'll be making a pina colada, and it went if you like the and I was like that yes. kind of happened there. It wasn't kind so of far semi. off. It was, it was like did he say pina colada and then the song went pina colada. No, no. Yeah. Did I sing there? So, yeah, that was good. You did. Okay, that was good. sorry about that. 
So obviously every competition, loads of people behind it, loads of time, yeah. family end up suffering. Is there anybody yeah. on the stream or anybody here that you'd like to thank? Flora's probably suffered the most. <laughs> She's like hydrated me, kept me fed. Like washed things like that. <laughs> just like got home and she's like just fed me like yeah. a dying bird. And then a jet jet wash down and yeah, yeah pretty much yeah. scrubbed me, pushed me cool. at the door. Pretty fun that day. Sounds like fun. All but sorts yeah. of images in the head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and just everyone at Sompair, everyone at Origin, especially like Dan and Paul, who I've trained with mostly. Yeah, yeah don't thank Josh. Oh, Josh as well. No, no, don't thank him. No, no, no he no. made a coffee nice. He made it, it easy. It's, there's no he way made it at all. Not too brown. Enough. Just to be under, me and Josh have um, a hate hate relation. Oh, <laughs> no, nice. we get on really. We just banter, apparently. They it's call called. that, yeah. yeah. We do call it that. Um, no, fantastic presentation. A huge congratulations. Uh, fantastic to see you in the finals. Please, a big round of applause for Will Pitts. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. It is really difficult up here to actually hear um, a lot of the conversations, so it's... Uh, I think we're doing okay, though. That was I fun. I think we're doing just fine. Yeah. It was fun, wasn't it, his, his presentation? The thing, the thing yeah. about the way that Will presents as well is that... We also have his phone now, so we, we Did should he like take his phone call back? his family and friends and be All like, right. what do you think? Let's fill yeah, the pictures. Just, uh, is that his phone? You need to take a couch, couch selfie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Harry just ruined his phone. Um, how important is that, with, like communicating with customers, is that element of fun? Because it might be a bit of a surprise to you to hear this, but some people think that specialty coffee is a bit po-faced at times. I've never heard of that before. No, no? that's the first time I've heard of it. Neither did I. It's out of here. Maybe just be a Dublin thing. But Maybe. Yeah. No, the funny thing about Will's performance as well is that he's he's particularly hospitable in the way that he presents. I mean, the, some of the technical judges were dancing along, and we can thank the soundtrack for that. But ultimately, yeah. he's a he's an all-round showman in that. And I think it's that kind of hospitality in the presentation that is a great link back to how people try and serve when they are really great baristas in their shops. Yeah, for sure. I mean, often it's not about the dialogue you're having. It's about, you know, cultivating a user experience, which is basically what Will showed us then, how to kind of have the entire identity of his performance kind of communicate one very strong message, and I think it was very well considered and quite impressive. I think he's right. That, like, sometimes we do take this a little too seriously, and we're actually making coffee, not world peace or exactly, yeah. ending poverty. And um, I think it's really important to kind of just like acknowledge that this is meant to be fun. This is not meant to be torturous and horrible. And um, I mean, you've competed obviously a number of times on on the world stage. No, I was a terrible barista as well, so it definitely <laughs> helped you me. Are and were. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, like, it's a family tradition. I, th I think it's us. something you always came away like every time you went that before. It was like I've got to have fun when I'm up there. It has to be enjoyable. Um, and I mean, and do you think that shows in the score sheets when? Oh, absolutely. And I think even in a retail environment, is that people are more open to listening to you. Like, especially if you're serving people something that's very different to what they're usually drinking. So somebody who's never been exposed to specialty coffee before, they've been drinking coffee their whole life. They do it every day, sometimes numerous times a day. And they come into the shop. And essentially what you're saying is that what you've been doing is wrong. This is the right way to do it, okay? Which is a difficult proposition to, you know, these people are intelligent people, you know? But so the wine you need industry to break down been, those... The wine industry have been doing that 
took that to us for years where we were drinking and the craft beer is also something that's doing doing that too but they don't seem to have the same reaction that the coffee industry's got i'm thinking about the mcdonald's ad that was on tv recently you haven't seen carlin come out and make a a, a parody of craft beer people and they're just as amusing as we are um why do you think that is why what you know because i i, I really like probably a price point. point yeah i mean it's such a hard question to answer well you have to that's what you're here for. That's I know, but I mean, I mean, otherwise you're sacked. There are there are certain there are certain properties of coffee that make it unique, um, from the fact that the, the 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 market for it exists so far from origin and blah blah blah. Like olive oil and wine are very different. Cheese is very different. All reasonably comparable necessities. But in terms of coffee, it is um, consumed for so many reasons that often aren't about flavour. Um, and how does one kind of penetrate that sort of mindset or kind of value proposition, but I don't know. And price is one of the real sticklers around that whole argument. But I mean, I, th I think one of the things that, com that comes into it as well is the, the difference between being at home and having a coffee that you make versus coming into a shop and someone making it for you is the fact that you are, you know that you can make a coffee at home, whereas you buy a craft beer and that process is done. So then irrespective of whether you're in the bar or you're cracking that beer at home, you've already bought into that product and then there's no tactile thing it, when you go into a coffee shop and you say I'm gonna pay this amount for a coffee versus the grounds that I then put in a cup at home I think I think that is the difference between the coffee industry and other industries in terms of beverages where because people know that they are part of that in the making they feel that maybe to pay that much for it mm. when they know that they can do it at home in their yeah. own mind is well that's why the cafe will forever remain you know the, the primary vessel for experiencing it right, right? Yeah. But I also wonder, maybe that's why Carling, for example, can't do that kind of parody because there isn't so much in the way of cracking, cracking the can is not the same as pouring the coffee and being a part of that. So, Isn't it a weird thing with... Because I, I think the McDonald's ad is, is a good example, which in terms of an execution of an ad campaign, I thought was very good. Uh, it, I, at the same time, when I saw it, I was a little bit uh, here... You know, so, which is probably because it touches on raw nerve. Because you see what they're getting at. And isn't it a strange thing how people want, when you're a barista, your customers, uh, in a societal sense, want you to be good at what you do. Uh, but, and they want you to know more about coffee than them. But at a certain point, there's a kickback. They don't want you to know too much about it. You know what I mean? Well, they, yeah, they, they're basically there to be, you know, to encounter convenience. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's kind of an addition to their social life. It's funny when you work in bigger or big demographics with like the whole regular clientele is so massive. Um, pe people are loyal to you. Um, they're not really necessarily loyal to the product, but there is that kind of interaction you have with them. So I suppose it's just a familiar thing. And then, you know, so there's a lot of trust being a barista and knowing stuff and blah, blah, blah. But then, yeah, at the end of the day, you can't put a price tag on it. Hmm. Do, do we feel, I mean, there's definitely this hipster kind of view of the industry, that people from the outside looking at, oh, a bunch of hipsters just doing that. And, I, and I, I, really, I really dislike the word hipster when it's used in such a negative way, because I think it actually can be a really positive word as well. Um, and we're not an industry full of hipsters, but do you think we're perceived as an industry full of that kind of like, you know, the subculture of, you know, going to those boundaries? I think often we are, 
but I mean, I don't really encounter enough people that tell me that identify the industry, but like when I look around at the way it's marketed, then yes, certainly in Melbourne it is. Um, and it's probably got something to do with the fact that going back to what we were saying before about how baristas are perceived and how that career is perceived and often it's just considered some sort of, you know, gateway to being an artist or something, you know, lack of responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Right, and um, it also comes down to, I think the, the hipster definition for a lot of people is trying to find and knowledge and information about things which are pretty normal in their day-to-day -day life. And so if you're educating somebody on something, it's... Perhaps it's that kind of discussion and how we go about that that makes us seem in the hipster sense of... I don't know. I don't know how people define hipster anymore. I thought it was just someone that actually provided no value to anything. Right, so we definitely aren't that. I don't I know. Think the thing that gets me about it, so to me, it, it implies someone who's very... Um, uh, I suppose, like, lacks ambition and is just very laissez-faire about everything. Yeah. Which, but at the same time, there's definitely an aesthetic... Uh, but I mean, what I say is that coffee just employs a lot of young people, and it's kind of a, it's just a Probably, fashion thing. Yeah, exactly. I think hipster is also more about going back to the artisan route and quality of the product, and not minding to pay more for that's ours for something that is uh, better in whatever definition. But also, when we look at the past presentation on on fun, for me talking about uh, customer communication. If we think back to one of our most favorite coffee cafes, what m made it worth it? Was it the coffee? Was it the service? In my honest opinion, for me, it's usually service. Um, and for example, one place where I just went where the coffee was fine, it wasn't perfect, but what really stood out was just the customer contact where he was genuinely interested in me. Um, and when I left, he said, I hope you have a fantastic day. And it just, you know, it's these little things that make the price worth it. We're never going, I mean, in that sense, if we look at the wine industry, it's possible to educate your consumers to a certain level. We could think about how awesome would it be if you would go to a cafe or a bistro around the corner and you would have the ability to choose, maybe not between varieties, because we're not even really understanding those ourselves yet, but just between different origins or washed versus natural, that would be amazing if people would know a natural is more sweet, for example. But we're never going to win in that category. If we want people to pay extra for a coffee, we need to provide attention and, and customer service to them and actually be interested in the pe person around the bar instead of just focusing like, oh, there's someone at the, at the cash register, let's quickly get him through and so get him like, coffee. So yeah, the added value isn't the, the product, it's how they experience the product. Yes, it's yeah, the experience in the shop. I really do think that it's, it's a really uh, an important part of what we do is the context that we, set, that we give. Um, I remember having a conversation with a previous manager at one of the coffee shops I've worked in who told us as baristas to be the thing, not the thing around the thing, which was a, you know, which was a conversation about the quality of the espresso, but I couldn't have been further in disagreement with not being the thing around the thing, which is essentially everything that we create in a hospitality environment, which is the service, which is the welcome and the goodbye, which is the water and all of those things. And as, as much as obviously what we do in terms of the making of the coffee is absolutely important, the, the experience that you create, like Will showed in the hospitality that you give, is really what leaves you remembering that that coffee was a good coffee.
because it's you know we, we give that information and the education is there and it's important that we do it but if it's done in a way that gives a good context and it's hospitable and it's warm people are more likely to then buy into that and they're personally invested in that i had a, a, an experience recently in a restaurant um where i was in with some friend and hadn't seen him in ages and we we're having a good chat and there's a wine in the list pick the wine drank probably far too much of this wine in the past. I was like, I know this one, solid, great, let's go with this. And we're having this chat. The waiter comes over and just starts talking about the wine. And I'm like, like, I know all this, just go away. And you know, like, they're like, oh, well, actually this comes from a guy who does this. And you're like, like, I don't care, you know? Like, there are times when I do care. Right now, I don't. You're presuming I don't know this, and I do, and this is really annoying. And this happens in coffee all the time, where yeah. like, really I've does. been to shops where you see the barista just lecturing a customer, and you're just like, well, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the, the best cafes and all, they, they always have one common thread. It's about the fact that they embrace the consumer, but they also understand their audience. And, I mean, a lot of the time, baristas, they just, I mean, they believe they're selling a unique product, where half the time, based on the drinker, they're just fulfilling a need, which is just someone wants a fucking co uh, a coffee. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's the baristas that understand how to engage in that individual, understand their audience, and can pick and choose how to, you know, the best way to communicate whatever they want to communicate that day. Um, how do you do that? Well, I, did, I suppose you have to start off on the business level and, and figure out how the product actually equates to the audience you're selling to in terms of profitability, and that should really feed how one engages with your consumers. But but don't you think that the same customer is a different person on different days. So you're like yeah. you have to you have to empower your baristas to be able to figure out Well absolutely, but I mean I suppose that's where it comes down to more of a relationship. And if you're getting regulars coming back through and and, and they're coming back by the virtues of being loyal to you or the cafe, then you're probably you've already succeeded, I think. Mm. Um, I think it's, because they're it's, already coming back. It's also just looking at you know, some people are naturally really good at customer service and some aren't. So what are these people that are naturally good at customer service, what are they doing? Because although it comes natural to them, it's usually, it is a trick that mm. you can use. And you could perhaps look at, if you have a cafe, which of your baristas is getting the most tips? And what are they doing mm. that people... Yeah, that's a good point. Do you have a reward system in your shops, Colin? A reward system? Some sort of incentive to, that, that kind of rewards these interactions? Yeah, they don't get sacked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. the hard part is we, working out where to give the education, right? Because if you're already invested as a customer because you enjoy the service, um, what if you are just there on that day, just there for an, an effing coffee, right? You just really want that coffee... And you, and you aren't ready, like Colin said, to be given a spool of information. Perhaps you know you are fully aware of the coffee you're getting. Perhaps you actually, as a, a consumer, don't care, but you enjoy the atmosphere that you're in. We have to have that information available, but it's in which context do we then educate? Well, I think you've got to lay traps and you've got to funnel your customers. So, like, like there are customers who will come 20 times and not care. And then one day they'll be like, you know, there's a lot of words written on that board. Maybe I'll ask about it today. And that day they're a different customer. So you have book, to yeah. allow them to have, to, to kind of to give you that signal. If someone comes right. in and goes, coffee, please, shut up. Just give them the coffee, you know? Yeah. And it's about, there's a lot of, you know, it's like you're giving them a yes, no situation. And if they choose one path, you let them go. You don't bring them back down again, you know? And then at the point of giving somebody a coffee, a simple thing like, like, that one's from Bolivia. If they go, cool, leave them alone. If they go, oh, 
And right, so like, it's tiered. Yeah, because we, we change of, them. You kind of pry, you see yeah. how much you can give. It's you're you're feeding them breadcrumbs, and if they stop eating, the, you stop eating. The traps, that's a good, I, I like that term, the trap. I think, I mean, there's definitely Bolivia? room for cafes to be a bit more innovative into how they do communicate. Maybe it's something to do with menus, I don't know. I mean, we've toyed with menus that are based entirely on time, um, rather than the actual type of beverage, right? And trying to figure out how, if that has any correlation to the mood or the type of person that's ordering. And actually, it does. But Assembly, you've gone even further. So I don't know if anybody's seen the Assembly packaging, but it's the color wheel, right, in terms of the flavors. So even from a retail perspective, you've got a visual cue people might want to... Well, I mean, it's really... It's, the color wheel thing is just kind of a coincidence because we never actually use it. It was just a way for us to collaborate and eliminate the whole language thing. Because for one, I was just sick of picking up um, you know, packets and reading a bunch of wafty flavour notes that didn't make any that, sense. That, that's really interesting because actually, actually somewhere I wanted to go was about language. Do you think as an industry we actually have a problem with the way that we communicate sometimes yes. to our customers? Yeah. Absolutely. I think internally in the industry language it means one thing and, um, and we're even kind of divided in how we interpret it ourselves. Um, especially when you talk about crossing the Atlantic or going elsewhere and then um, and, a, and a big struggle against from us to the consumer is even small concepts like I mean we need a dictionary well, for ourselves funny you What's say that, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, but there's little there's like triggers for people commission right? from Maxwell like, please yeah <laughs> like the idea of strength to a consumer is very different from how industry people perceive that word things like that I mean so I was in a cafe not so long ago not mine and the customer said, oh, um, they were getting bags of beans. And I said, oh, uh, could you recommend some beans? And they were, well, what are you looking for? I said, we're looking for something really strong. Yeah. And the barista said, there's no such thing as strength. <laughs> I was like, Ever. what? <laughs> exactly. I mean, at that point, you go, It's hmm. a false dichotomy. Oh, but at the same time, I was like, I could completely... I completely see how the barista ended up in the position where he said that. Yes. You know, like, we're doing everybody a disservice. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the answer to that is, one, be better at, as a community. And then, I mean, for, I'm, I'm working on a project at the minute, which is trying to communicate the commodity consumer and figure out through live testing and quantitative stuff, like, what does someone actually mean when they want a single shot? Do you know? I don't know. Do they want less caffeine? Is it about size? Right, I don't there's know. There's an expectation that as a consumer, they are they are thinking that that is what they want, but perhaps that might not. Yeah, be. and maybe like, are they satisfied? Do they know what they want? It doesn't matter they if they do meant. or they don't. It's kind of our job to interpret it for them, maybe. But I, we used to do this thing with some customers, not all customers, but they come in and they go. I get the Brazilian. And they're like, no, you're not getting that. Sit down, you're getting the Ethiopian. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, sit down. Like, no, I want it. No, no, you're not getting that. But and you kind of you take over that experience, but you can't do that with everybody. So no. They come in and ask for a Brazilian cappuccino, and you give them a, an Ethiopian filter coffee, and you're just like, well, I know what I'm talking about. You've got a clue, so you're getting that. That's fine. If they get a kick out of it, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's a small success, and like, uh, we should be, I mean, if you're in a position where you can get away with that, then you're doing something really right. But it probably says more about your operation and the fact that they're there and they feel comfortable to take the plunge or whatever. Yeah. But it's yeah. hard to have staff be like, do that to every 12th customer. You know, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really work to build a structure. Shall we, uh, shall we watch another barista competitor? I like that a lot. Yeah, I think we better shut up and sure. um, hand well, over to Maxwell. If you want to. Yeah, I'll go, yeah. yeah. Um, now, we're going to be uh, finishing for just a couple of minutes and handing over, and Maxwell's going to be picking up and introducing uh, our next competitor. Cool. Thank you to our panel. Please, round of applause for these guys.